you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the world. In the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. The CEOs, authors, thought leaders, visionaries, and motivators. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks. It's Voss here from the ChrisVossShow.com. The ChrisVossShow.com. Dot com. I preempted the lady. What can you do? Welcome to the big show, my family and friends. We certainly appreciate having you on as well. Uh, if you don't know already, it's uh, Halloween right now. Those of you watching years from now probably never get that reference. Uh, I don't know. Maybe Halloween won't even exist. That or maybe it'll be. Tw- uh, 365 days of the year. Uh, anyway, guys, as always, happy Halloween if you're watching the show in the next week. If not, well, then uh, you're going to spend a lot of time trying to figure out what the hell I'm talking about and what kind of drugs I'm on. So have fun with that 10 years from now. Uh, as always, uh, we've got some amazing people on the show. They're going to sharpen your minds, make you brilliant, make you smarter, make you uh, more empathetic, make you just understand the world so well that you're going to get the Chris Foss glow aura about you. And this is trademark, people. This is, a, this is something we designed a long time ago on purpose, that if you listen to the Chris Voss show enough, you get this aura glow that, that becomes you and emanates off you. <laughs> so much bullshit. I just cracked myself up. It just emanates off you. And people will see you and be like, my God, you're so amazing, sexy, uh, intelligent. I just want to be close to you. And like, it'll be weird because you'll have to get restraining orders on all those people because you have the Chris Voss glow. And if that doesn't sound exciting enough, our author, uh, our, our gentleman we have on the show, our guest, will excite you even more. So we'll get into that. But in the meantime, share the glow. <laughs> share the glow, the Chris Voss show glow with your family, friends, and relatives. Go to goodreads.com, forchesscrossoslinkedin.com, it emanates off you. Uh, I don't know. YouTube.com for says Chris Foss and um, Chris Foss one on TikTok. I'm suffering from the glow right now. There's just too much glow going on. I think I overdosed on the glow. There's an overdose of glow. So uh, as always, read the uh, lawyers find print uh, at the below of every Chris Foss show glow to make sure you don't overconsume because uh, that's important. You'll end up like me an addict on the Chris Voss show glow. We have a very wonderful gentleman on the show and he's a doctor. Maybe he can figure out how to save me from my OD that we're having right now. on The Chris Voss show glow emanating from me. Dr. Kyle Dangle is on the show with us today. He's a go-to expert in neurological rehabilitation and childhood development, both of which I failed somewhere in my life and childhood but uh, it could be because they kept overdosing on the Chris Voss show glow. Uh, he's joining us to talk about his wares and uh, all the different aspects that he can advise us with to improve the quality of our lives. He's a distinguished American chiropractor renowned for his profound expertise in the realms of childhood development disorders and neurological rehabilitation. There's hope for me yet, people. With a distinguished fellowship in childhood development orders, he's established himself as an influential figure in the field, sharing his wealth of knowledge through international lectures on pivotal topics such as neurological rehab, laser therapy, personal development, and 
innovative intersection of video games and healthcare. I'm going to ask him if he recommends what my doctors are recommending, the frontal lobotomy. Uh, as an accomplished author, author, he's contributed significantly to the literature of healthcare with some of works cracking the code of autism. And what if you knew, which is what I say to a lot of people when I see them talking about politics on social media, uh, these insightful publications serve essential resources for professionals and family navigating the complexities of developmental changes, challenges, and changes of healthcare strategies. In addition to his academic and literally achievements, he runs through uh, he runs a thriving private practice situated in Lake Charles, Louisiana, where he provides exemplary healthcare services with a focus on holistic well-being. Moreover, as a co-owner of the esteemed Neuro Solution Center in Atlanta, he actively contributes to the advancement of healthcare solutions on a broader scale. Welcome to the show, Dr. Kyle. How are you? Well, man. Thank you so much, Chris. There you go. I'm suffering from a little bit of the uh, the, the Chris Voss Show glow. Uh, you have any recommendations for how we can come down off this? Yeah, man. Just get you some water and gargle. Get water and gargle. Is that is that gargling? Is that the best thing? Yeah, gargling it. Uh, it activates the vagus nerve, kind of kind of soothes things, calms things down a little bit. Now I've lived in Vegas for twenty years, and when we activate the vagus nerve, that's a whole different thing. <laughs> yeah, well, that's more like lights and lights and sound, man. That's more ready to party. Yeah, it's a spirit rhino thing. Anyway, uh, so uh, Doctor Diggle, uh, yeah, give us your dot coms. Where can people find you on the interwebs? So I have drkyledagle.com. Uh, just for my books um, and just some of the social media links. And then uh, I have a private practice. Uh, it's at youperformance.com. Mm. And then uh, Neural Solutions Center uh, of ATL.com. Uh, and, uh, you know, Instagram, Dr. Kyle Daigle, uh, YouTube, uh, Facebook. Those are some places to kind of see some of the work we're doing. There you go. And so uh, tell us a little bit about your backstory. What got you uh, interested in becoming a doctor and into this field? Yeah, so, you know, my really, uh, it all started from childhood. Um, I was a really sick child, had chronic allergies, I had a really bad speech impediment, speech delay, uh, but I was very hyperactive, but I was pretty good at sports. And uh, I had a brother that um, actually had a medical procedure and ended up getting uh, meningitis. Mm -hmm. And I watched him six weeks in the hospital uh, mm -hmm. in ice baths just to keep his temperature down. And I remember that uh, the doctor just walked to my family and to my dad and told my mom and dad, say, hey, look, your son's going to make it. He's going to be OK. And I watched my dad break down in tears and he hugged his doctor. Mm -hmm. And I watched that and I was just like, I want to be that guy. Wow. And uh, so from second grade on, I wanted to be a doctor. There you go. You know, a lot of people say they want to be a doctor when they're young kids and stuff. You know, everyone asks you, what do you want to be when you grow up? And you're like, I don't know, a pimp, you know, and whatever, doctor, astronaut, lawyer, you know, all that good stuff. And, uh, but you, you ran with it, man. Good for Never you. Never faded. Never faded. There you go. Uh, so what made you want to get into this sort of thing instead of like, I don't know, maybe doing surgeries? Do you do surgeries at all? No, I don't do surgeries. So what happened was I actually did, um, I was actually wanted to really actually be a pediatric oncologist. Had a oh, really, really strong fascination of cancer. Um, I did research in undergrad um, and that kind of gave me a little pivotal, you know, kind of insight as to how, you know, the medical treatments are typically done. And um 
you know, I remember calling my dad and telling my dad, I'm like, hey, dad, I'm not going to go to med school. I'm actually going to go to alternative school. And he's like, what the hell is that? I like, I want my money back. Yeah, I told him, I said, I think I'm going to be a chiropractor. And he's like, they're not even real doctors. <laughs> and uh, I was wow. like, no, no, no. Like, uh, I, there's, you know, I, I, this is, there's a very interesting field of school I was going to that I found talked a lot about they had a background in neurology. Mm-hmm. And I had background in nutrition. So I was like, you know, if I can go into nutrition and neurology and really the craziest thing was I was in, I was taking a neuro class and they showed me this guy who was actually like trimmer and he, he was trimmering like crazy. And this guy puts on like some blue glasses and he stops his trimmer. And I remember asking the doctor and, you know, the teacher and the professor, I was like, you know, what's the, how did that happen? And he's like, whoever figures that out, is going to be a rich man one day. And I was like, well, shit, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to figure <laughs> out exactly what's going on. And that led me to really studying uh, the eyes. And I found that the eyes actually have some very powerful aspects into the brain. Oh, wow. And that led me into developing software companies and a laser company by figuring out how to basically stimulate the brain through, you know, various things. You know, I use wow. sound, I use colors, I use eye movements, and now I make video games for mm-hmm. rehab. Yeah. i got a whole list of enemies here that need their brain stimulated. Can we send them over to you? Because they're dead. They're dead in the head. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so there you go. But that's interesting that they, you know, I might imagine so because you know when you put you know blue light in front of you from your cell phone and different things, you know, like if I look at my, I can't look at my cell phone. If I get up to pee, you know, in the middle of the night, I can't look at that cell phone. If I if that blue light hits my eyes for that cell phone, I'm awake. I'm like, oh, let's get up and do stuff then. I guess, uh, but I'm you know dead beat tired. So that would make sense, you know. There's an, interesting, there's an interesting thing to that, and Albert Einstein is an incredible smart scientist, and he came up with this equation, E equals MC squared. Mm-hmm. Okay, so just take this concept from a very basic, and so energy equals mass, and mass of, of basically every cell in your body times the speed of light. Mm-hmm. And what's happening is, is we have this thing called a circadian rhythm, which is our sleep cycle. Mm-hmm. And our sleep cycle is naturally designed to basically really be exposed to the sun. And so after the sun goes down, our eyes are naturally not designed to see a lot of light. I mean, we're designed to see dark or maybe like a candle or fire. Mm-hmm. And when you expose your eyes to, the, to basically blue light from your cell phones, even from your light switch uh, to a television, it can disrupt your circadian rhythm, which is your sleep cycle. Mm-hmm. And this is one thing that we're seeing with a lot of people like, you know, myself, people that are, you know, on screens a lot is that, you know, it can alter your sleep cycle because of it's distorting the way that your eyes and your circadian rhythm naturally, you know, integrate with one another. Yeah, it, it definitely will. I mean, more, I think more and more people are learning about blue light and circadian rhythms and stuff. We've had lots of doctors on the show that have talked about that. I even started doing a thing where when I get up and have my coffee in the morning, I go sit in the sun, get my vitamin D the natural way and uh and and try and start that circadian rhythm but yeah i mean you know i have a giant stupid ass screen in front of me uh that i sit at all day long and and uh you know it's a wonder i have it's a wonder i can sleep at all the way i use screens um so let's talk about some of the stuff that you do uh with your practice and how you help people you you deal in different things like traumatic brain injuries which i have a whole list of people for you uh gut 
brain health, which uh, I'm pretty familiar with, autism, uh, biohacking, and uh, childhood development disorders, which I also have a whole list of people for you to look at. Um, where should we start? Well, I think that, you know, probably to lay it off is actually, I think that everything really starts behind childhood development. Mm -hmm. And I think that the biggest problem in our whole healthcare is when you take your child to a wellness visit, um, the kids aren't really being properly assessed, in my clinical opinion. Mm -hmm. um, you know, doctors are just checking height and weight. And really, as a parent, uh, your main concern is for your kids to hit big milestones, like being able to make eye contact, roll, <laughs> crawl, stand up. Uh -huh. And there's something called primitive reflexes, and it's actually basically how the brain builds its developmental stages. And these doctors aren't checking for this. So as a parent, you don't realize that your child could potentially have a developmental delay, although they're hitting these big milestones. Mm -hmm. And what's happening is, is these, re these reflexes set really the foundation of how the brain's going to develop. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is one of the leading causes, in my personal opinion, to people who have ADHD, uh, dyslexia, really? e even autism, is because what's happening is, is you're having abnormal activity in the brain. And the mm -hmm. question is, is, well, why are you having that? And it's because the brain is not naturally developing by integrating these reflexes. Hmm. And then it's, it's wild. And that, that again, goes back to, you know, even when someone has a traumatic brain injury, whether it's a minor concussion or even potentially like, you know, a pretty good, you know, motor vehicle accident, uh, someone, you know, getting hit in the head, they can actually revert back to, you know, a couple of years in their kind of cognitive aspect or their maturity. And, um, you know, the way that we bring these patients back out is actually through childhood development. So it's interesting because my background in childhood development, whether it's I'm working with a young child who just come out of the NICU or whether I'm working with someone who's like 65 who just gets diagnosed with Alzheimer's, um, mm -hmm. really my assessment is the same. And the treatment really is actually also going to be the same, but it's going to be based off of you know, if these people or these patients have these reflexes that are present or if they return. And um, that's how we help these patients, you know, from either, you know, one month, one month old, all the way up to 95 years old. Uh, we help basically, you know, improve the brain development through assessing these childhood development primitive reflexes. So if I understand you're right, it, it all comes from childhood. It, it like you can, you can trace a lot of this stuff back to the childhood and, and how they developed or how they didn't develop. And then you've developed different ways to, to uh, help correct it, even though they're, you know, they're 95 years on. Well, what's happening is, is these reflexes deal with certain parts of what's called the brainstem. So like we have mm -hmm. these things called cranial nerves, our senses, mm -hmm. and um, you know, we have 12 cranial nerves and they situate in different parts of the brainstem. And that's mm -hmm. where these reflexes reside. So when I look at someone, you know, I'm looking at everything. I'm looking at their pupil size. I'm looking at their facial tone. I'm looking at their wow. head tilts. Huh. I'm looking at, you know, how they basically just interact with me. And I think that, you know, taking a really good case history, because a lot of times, like if, um, for example, I work with a lot of Navy SEALs. If mm -hmm. I get a Navy SEAL, that person typically rehabs and recovers from a brain injury a lot faster than the person who's basically playing video games and sitting very sedentary. Yeah. And it's because of how active the brain is. But um, yeah, I just take really good case history. So, you know, my clinic's not an in and out uh, type of clinic. You know, I really have to kind of dig in and figure out like, 
you know, I always ask patients like, did, do you know if, if you crawled when you were a child and they're like, well, shit, I don't know. I was like, I was like 50 years ago, (laughs) but what's happening is, is there's patients who have like, um, like when you look at people and they have like a deviated eye and you know, that person's not looking at you normal, that typically is something that could have happened as an infant. Um, that they miss mm. in these reflexes. And then it translated into, you know, visual disturbances where they're literally having a deviation in their eye. Wow. It's it, pretty wild. Yeah. I mean, we talk a lot on the show. I mean, it seems uh, one of the big themes seems to be on a lot of the show and authors we interview is, you know, childhood trauma and, and its effect across life. But this is interesting how, how this sort of neurological development uh, affects people through their whole lives as well. I had severe ADHD in my teens. Um, and had it th- probably throughout most of my life. I've had to take depression meds twice in my life to, and, and I probably need them now. I'm probably, you know, uh, clearly I'm too high on the Chris Voss show glow. So there's that problem. Um, so you developed something called, or I don't know if you developed it, but you use something called photo biomodulation and neurological, uh, rehab equipment. How does that work? So, yeah, so we, so it's based off of light. Um, mm-hmm. so what we do is we, uh, my partner and I, Dr. Brandon Crawford, we own a company called NeuroSolution. It's a, uh, laser distribution company. So we distribute red lights. Like if you see those red light panels, oh, yeah. um, the actual hand, we have a handheld laser that, um, he and I got together and we pre-programmed, uh, settings. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we do is we use these lasers over different parts of the body, uh, mainly really try to really put them over arteries. So mm-hmm. art- basically red light improves circulation. Mm-hmm. And so when we see someone with like a brain injury, for example, in like the left frontal lobe, we'll put a laser over their left carotid artery to get blood flow to the left really? frontal lobe. And then we'll mm-hmm. do rehab, for example, like maybe on the face or on the tongue or visual or sound or vibration. Mm-hmm. And we'll basically use all this sensory stimulation to basically enhance function of the frontal lobe. And the laser just assists the enhancement of blood flow. There you go. You know, we've had some people who've come on the show that talked about red light and infrared light. Correct. And I, you know, I, I guess it's FCC approved, FDA approved, FCC approved, maybe both. FDA approved. There you go. And uh, it, yeah, it's interesting how it works. I've used the devices uh, on my muscles when when they get locked up and stuff, and uh, I've been really impressed with it so far. I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of really blown away by you know something that seems. Like, you know, some simple technology. Thanks, Kelly. This is a fascinating co- conversation, geeking out on, she says, from LinkedIn there. So uh, we're having fun. Now, um, one thing you help people with, uh, I assume you do, is is in autism or diagnosing with autism. How do you uh, work with autism uh, folks? So I kind of have a big comprehensive approach. So one is that, you know, a lot of autistic kids, um, they have a lot of specific uh, like motor mannerisms. So they'll like repeat mm-hmm. things, um, typically don't have really good coordination, don't make good eye contact. And a lot of times these kids have like really bad digestive issues. Mm. Um, so what I do is, you know, I run a lot of labs. So I run stool samples to check what their gut kind of looks like. Um, I run urinalysis. Um, what I've actually found that's very, you know, intriguing, what I'm kind of like, you know, lecturing and part of my book was about is that so far um, I have 63 different countries of patients um, that come and see me actually in my practice. Uh, every single child that I've tested across the entire globe has actually tested positive for mycotoxin exposure, which is mold exposure. And uh, oh, really? it's very interesting. So there's this big concept with the gut brain connection. 
mm-hmm. that I think you're very you know familiar with. And yeah. I feel like they're missing something, and it's called the sinus brain, sinus gut brain connection. Mm-hmm. And we're actually seeing that these kids are actually having uh, calcification, so whiteness. Uh, basically, they're having fungus actually in their sinuses, and it's directly impacting their frontal lobes. And then it's also impacting their brainstem, which is wow. why a lot of these kids can't speak. So, um, yeah. And so what I'm able to do is basically I check, uh, I checked urine, uh, for, you know, nutrients. Um, I run something, you know, basically a mycotoxin check for mold, uh, run stool samples, Hmm. actually run blood actually to see something, you know, it's basically a brain profile so I can see what's going on in different parts of the brain, different chemicals, neurotransmitters. Um, and then I also run what's called a QEEG. So it's, it's like an EEG, but it's called qualitative EEG. So if I can, I'll put a skull cap on these kids and I'm actually able to see what the electrical activity looks like. Wow. And what I do is I actually try to balance out their brainwave activity. So a lot of these kids have, um, so you have delta waves, which are very low wave. And mm-hmm. so these kids that are nonverbal, what, what I'm finding out is, is the kids that in their speech centers, so something called Broca's and Wernicke's, um, they have a low brainwave, it's a delta wave, and you're not gonna mm-hmm. speak with a delta wave. Uh, and then they also have something called high beta waves, which is like if, you know, a tiger was sitting in the room with this. So their mm-hmm. brain basically rolls between these two brain waves and these kids don't typically sleep. They react. They have, you know, repetitive motor mannerisms. So what I do is I actually use um, sound therapy. So we actually use brain waves. Mm-hmm. Um, so I basically try to calm their brainwave activity through sound uh, we do do photobiomodulation, mm-hmm. so we actually laser these places on different parts of the brain. Um, and then I also check these kids for uh, their cranial nerves. So, you know, I tell people that our senses basically, you know, build networks in the brain. And when you look at these kids, they typically have like a really big right pupil. Mm-hmm. And then they have like no right facial tone. So they have like this line on the left side of the face and there's like nothing here and they have a right head tilt. And so what's oh. happening is, is from a brain perspective, if you have all these deficits on these cranial nerves, then you're going to see underactivity in, you know, in the brain. And then the other side, you're going to see hyperactivity. So really what I do is very similar to like an ADHD kid. I try to balance out the brainwave activity and then I just mm-hmm. work on improving basically their cranial nerves. And then mm-hmm. I do these primitive reflexes. And then I basically get them on, you know, good nutrition, try to clean their gut up. I teach parents about what's something called trigeminal and facial nerve stimulation, stimulate the face. Really? And uh, it mimics, you know, you know, you and I are talking, we're using our face. Uh, oh. These kids are not verbal. So I basically use, you know, an artificial stimulation to rehab the facial nerves to basically stimulate the brain to eventually over time, get these kids to actually start to speak. That's pretty wild, man. Um, years, we had a, uh, pediatrician on a couple of years ago who wrote a book and his theory was, um, and he, he said he was able to solve, uh, somewhat of, he claimed to be able to solve somewhat of autism. He, he, if it depended upon uh, the severity of the case, but he found that it was directly correlated to the gut health. Like what you talked about, he attributed to, uh, it causing swelling on the brain. But it sounds like you've gone to a whole different next level where you're right in the brain and all the different pieces and parts. And he was just a family practitioner, but that was something he developed. But, you know, more and more I, over the years and over people we've had on the show like yourself, I mean, I've learned that, you know, gut health is so important, which is why you shouldn't eat, you know, some of the crap that's out there. Like stay away from Taco Bell night. 
you know, but the, to answer one thing is very interesting about you know the gut, you know, and I, I'm a, I completely support you know the gut brain connection in, in children with autism, even you know really in anything, even multiple cirrhosis, uh, really? as all that, you know, the gut wow. and the brain. And then there's a really this interesting nerve called the vagus nerve, which you probably have maybe heard of maybe this in your talks. But the vagus nerve is a nerve that comes from the brainstem, and that's actually what innervates your gut. It would basically helps your gut, you know, um, absorb nutrients, get rid of inflammation. It helps your body detoxify. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing in all these children that their vagus nerve is extremely weak. So wow. these kids aren't really absorbing nutrients, and then their body can't detoxify. So if they are eating, you know, high carbohydrate diets and all these processed foods and all these toxins, they can't get it out of their system. And then you start seeing this gut brain connection. So all this inflammation mm -hmm. stress in the gut is now inflaming the, in the brain. And then boom, now you're having a child that, you know, maybe one day he's good and three or four days he's having bad days. And um, but I think that the missing link is also, too, is that. We're neglecting the sinus brain, sinus gut, because if you just clean the gut up and you neglect the sinuses, well, then, you know, you go to sleep at night, you get a post nasal drip and then boom, it repopulates into the gut. And I've seen this with parents. They're like, look, wow. I tried, I tried all these diets. It's not working for my kid. And uh, they're like, look, I, I can show you this is the supplements. You know, I'm going to have people that come in there on like 50 different supplements. And I'm like, whoa, that's way too much for your kid. Um, and so then I basically run this mycotoxin panel and their mold levels are through the roof really? and they're like, where the hell's this stuff coming from? And I'm like, well, look, there's a lot of things because these kids have poor facial tone when they do get exposed to mold, whether it's in a home, whether it's in school, whether it's in churches, it can be just in the environment. The nerve is actually really weak to the sinuses, so it can't clear it out. And then if you smell something, you can get a memory of, you know, grandma cooking something for Thanksgiving, you know, 10 years yeah. ago. So yeah. anything in the nose can make its way into the brain. And this is what they're seeing in Alzheimer's. You know, you can actually, it's called the peanut butter test. This is crazy huh. that they're showing that you can detect Alzheimer's disease typically, you know, five plus years by actually literally having a difference in the way you smell between your left nostril and your right. I think it's like seven centimeters is actually the research. Really? And yeah, they're showing that we're getting basically beta amyloid plaques in the brain and they're showing new research that it's actually coming from, you know, basically it's called nasal dysbiosis. So abnormal bacteria in your sinuses that's directly impacting the actual brain. Wow. And we're kids. I got to go take the test after the show. <laughs> it's crazy. How to do a peanut butter test. To test so basically it's like this is how it goes so you just take you take basically peanut butter and you close your eyes and then you just like you know the natural thing is someone has like a roller underneath your nose and you just try to try to see what you can smell and then you switch mm -hmm. the other nostril and you'll notice that you can see this big difference like you might smell here and then the other side the nose might smell way down here and that's actually an abnormal that's an abnormal function because you should be able to smell you know basically symmetrical uh-huh so if it's basically seven centimeters, I believe the research, then, you know, there's a potential that there's maybe a risk for Alzheimer's and someone wow. should get, you know, checked for, you know, placking. Maybe someone should check that peanut butter. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, I know, but what's happening to these kids back to that, because I'm ADD myself, but these kids are eating high carbohydrate diets and they're showing that a lot of these grains could potentially, you know, harness mold. Uh, yeah. basically mold spores. And so if they can't get it out, then boom, it's either the sinuses or the gut. It actually impacts receptors in the brain. 
There we go. I think I think Kelly's having the Chris Wash show glow a little too much now. She's she's freaking out over all this stuff. So there you go. Um, this is really insightful. So um, how do you work with people? Uh, people in the audience that maybe suspect that their kids uh, are maybe you're having issues, or maybe their kids have autism. You know, I have friends who have autistic kids, um, and uh, they they put in a lot of work, uh, and it's challenging. Uh, so how do how how do you how do people reach out to you if they, if they can work with you and need help and stuff like that? Well, the first thing in my book that's actually, so it just got published, it's coming, it should be on the market next week, actually. But that right there is like 17 chapters. I think I wrote like 406 pages. I cover mm -hmm. like everything, A to Z of just everything I've seen personally, clinically. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of education in that. Um, I do do consultations uh, where, you know, I typically do two consults a day uh, virtually uh, just because mm -hmm. I have a pretty busy, you know, busy practice. So people typically yeah. can reach out to my practice. Um, I have a kind of a lot of intake forms uh, that they have to fill out so I can kind of get a good idea. And then, you know, we do lab assessments on these patients. So I do work virtually. But then really what really kind of makes the big difference is, is I have what's called an intensive rehab practice. So families typically bring their kids to see me or even, you know, people brain injuries. And I'll work with these kids anywhere from two weeks up to like six weeks. Um, mm -hmm. And we're actually doing over 20 hours a week, typically on an average of rehab. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, uh, then I sent them what to call a home care program. So these are exercises and stimulation that they need to do on a consistent basis. And then there's follow-ups. Mm -hmm. Um, that's typically how I work with children. And then, you know, I do online coaching every month, um, mm -hmm. where I just get parents, you know, my whole goal is, you know, I'm a child who had speech issues, so I want every kid to find their voice. Oh, wow. Um, so I educate parents and then I use my social media to basically to just con constantly keep pumping, you know, videos and, and different educational content to hopefully, you know, um, you know, cause there's a lot of parents, as you know, parents, you know, friends, it's just frustrating, man, because you don't really know where to navigate. And it's just like, you know, the parents just kind of get pawned off or your kid has autism, just deal with it. And deep yeah. down inside these parents know there's something out there. And, you know, I just hope to be at least some sort of insight to let them know that, you know, there are things out there outside of just taking medication um, that you can do. Um, but it's not an easy journey and it's not for everyone. And that's where, um, yeah, it, it is, a, it is a tough world. That, and that's wonderful that you do that. Uh, you know, I've seen my friends, uh, navigate, uh, their artistic children. Um, uh, is there any way I can affiliate code for people that refer to you have that brain damage? Cause I have a lot of people I come in contact with every day, especially on social media, that brain damage. So I could probably make you a lot of money. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, the, um, you know, uh, you mentioned, I think you mentioned multiple sclerosis. My sister got multiple sclerosis and it's always kind of, um, it's always had to be my interest. And it was always interesting to me with multiple sclerosis. I don't know if these facts are true, but to the best of my knowledge, they are. But multiple sclerosis usually strikes people in colder uh, northern parts of the U.S. Uh, and also it strikes them, uh, it seems to strike women more than men. And I'm wondering... Is maybe is there more mold growth? Maybe maybe this is attributable to mold in so many ways that we don't even understand. You know, mm. I've found I've seen I've you know I've seen a lot of MS cases, um, and I've just found you know there is 
there's the gut brain connection. So when wow. you run patients, when you're in stool samples on these patients, they mm -hmm. have a lot of inflammation, uh, mm -hmm. typically pathogens, which means there's some sort of infection. Um, I have yet to see a patient with MS not test positive for mycotoxin mold exposure. Um, Seriously? Then, yeah, I'm telling you, it's wild. And uh, I mean, oh, I just geez. recently had a really cool case we just put up on social media of a girl she was a young college, uh, college, uh, basically former college dancer. And, um, she was, you know, really good shape. And all of a sudden she wakes up one day and she like, her vision gets distorted and her eyes like deviate in. Yeah. And, uh, we were able to over four or five months actually able to successfully be able to, um, you know, reduce you know, basically her inflammatory conditions. And they actually uplifted her diagnosis of MS, which was amazing. Really? Um, wow. Yeah, but, you know, it goes down to there's I feel like, you know, when someone navigates the healthcare system, you get this diagnosis and, you know, I'm very big into personal development. So, like, I tell my patients, like, you know, if you get a diagnosis, you have a choice to basically accept it or rebuke it. And uh, my personal opinion is to rebuke everything and basically really tap into, you know, basically the mind body connection. And um, then it's to find out what's going on. So if you have this diagnosis, that's just this big label. Let's find out what's underneath and let's start cherry picking all these stress responses, whether it's changing up your diet, you know, maybe taking vitamins, um, maybe it's changing your environment. Like for example, uh, mold could potentially be in someone's house. I'll tell you something very wild that is very, very mind blowing is I had a patient one time get sick actually from mold exposure and it was actually brand new home. They were like, you're full of shit. There's no way I have mold. And I'm like, no, no, no. And coming to find out they did an ERMI test and they tested the bed sheets. And what happened is, is they had a high level of mold spores on their bed sheets. And that's where this person couldn't get a bed. And it came from the front loading washing machine. What the hell? So it wasn't the house, it was the washing machine. I didn't even know you could machine. do that. And if you look at a front-loading washing machine, look at that rubber gasket, you'll see a lot of mold in the back of that. Holy and then crap. mold doesn't die in heat. So you basically put your clothes and all that, get it all circulated with mold. And then you're wearing it. Exactly right. And you're sleeping, sleeping on it, in it. it in, your towels, your wow. wash rags. So you're just basically breathing in and boom, it can start impacting the actual brain. Holy crap a moly. I never I know, would have even thought of that, man. So do you find it? I mean, it seems like mold seems to be a theme here. Is that is that pretty correct? And so I mean, I think my my from my clinical experience that you know I'm even seeing mold in the desert. So I work with patients in Saudi Arabia, I work with patients uh -huh. in the UAE, and I'm getting patients over there who actually as we detox them from mold exposure, that they start mm -hmm. had their their children start doing better. People really? with, you know, MS start to start, you know, being able to go from a wheelchair to start standing up. And uh it, mold mold in my opinion is it's it's um it's the number one pretty much priority outside of parasitic infections uh as like a pathogen wow. response for the immune system. My opinion. Wow. That is wild man. You mean you maybe want to do one of those uh those the uh, what they the termite things where they put up a big tent and just demole my whole house? See, is that possible? I don't think it is. Is it? I don't know. How, how do you test for mold? You know, so house? basically, what they do is they um, they can do uh, air quality control where they can actually do like air samples. Uh, my favorite test is called an ERMI ERMI test, where mm -hmm. it's like a glove. They go and you kind of swipe, swab, and then put it and send it off. And uh, it'll kind of give you a good idea as to if your house is basically inhabitable. Um, <laughs> 
which I mean, it, it's, you know, I live in the South. I live in, in Louisiana, which is very mm -hmm. moldy. Um, and uh, yeah, it's very interesting. But yeah, so there's that. But mold, mold, you know, mold grows in very common places like your bathrooms, your windowsills, washing machines, dishwashers, ice maker machines, mm -hmm. um, air vents. Um, and then again, people who have like kind of high humidity uh, places. And again, where it's squirt, when it snows, it's very interesting because of you get all this water and it can actually get between the shingles and then seep in. And people who have um, foam insulated roofs potentially could have a leak and they don't realize and it's basically rolling throughout the whole house. It's, it's, but yeah, mold, mold is scary from a neurological perspective. I just Googled something and there's a mold and mildew air, air purifier. Yes. I don't know. Yeah. I got them in every uh, one of our, every room. My clinic has them. My home has it. Really? I have, yeah. I'm, I'm like, um, I mean, look, I'd tell you this, I see patients with seizure activity. So epilepsy, um, that that's another big thing. If no one knows why someone has, you know, epilepsy, I always tell them run a stool sample, run a mycotoxin panel. And then basically as you start to, you know, clean the, basically the gut and the sinuses up, now you're removing that stress response to the brain from either the gut or the sinus to the brain. Mold and mildew air purifier. I, you know, one thing I've always had trouble with is, uh, ever since I was about 45, 47 is, uh, uh, during the winters, uh, with, uh, we have to keep a, uh, humidifier and run it pretty heavy during the winter. And sometimes I wondered, I'm like, I wonder if any mold or stuff mildew builds up with the, uh, thing. That's pretty wild. So, I mean, CPAP machines too, man, I've seen CPAP machines. People get sick from the CPAP machine from not cleaning it. The dehumidifiers from oh, serious, I'm serious, man. Wow. Holy shit. You're making me want to go out and buy one of these mold and mildew air purifiers for my house now. Well, uh, that is crazy. So now I, I've got your book up here. You're from 2017. You've got a new book coming out. Is it going to be on Amazon? It'll be on Amazon, Books a Million, Barnes and Noble. Um, okay. What's the name of it? Uh, Cracking the Code of Autism. Okay. You know, I made this book because uh, at first it was going to be Outspeaking Autism. But I had a one a really good friend of mine, a writer. He told me, he said, Kyle, you know what? You're going to have to cause controversy. He said, so if I saw cracking the code or I saw out speaking, he said, I would buy cracking the code. Mm -hmm. And um, I know it's a sensitive subject to some families, but when they read it, they'll see that it's out of pure kindness in my heart that I wrote this just to really the title is just to attract people. And mm -hmm. then inside of it is uh, just very supportive of what I've seen clinically mm -hmm. um, because I've helped a lot of kids around the world speak and, you know, train other doctors yeah. and kids to speak. And so the goal is to hopefully one day help a parent find their child's hidden voice. How soon do you expect it to be up on Amazon? So it's done. So next week it's going to be, it's going to be released. Okay, cool. And you should get us a cover. We'll put it in the, in the show uh, video here. Uh, so that people can have it if you have the if you have a cover picture, but uh, yeah, this is really insightful. Holy crap! I mean, you turned me on to a whole new uh, paranoid obsession about mold and <laughs> in the air. But I've been concerned about it because, like um, last winter, the humidifier was running so heavy, it actually started the, the doors wouldn't close, <laughs> and yeah. we were like, okay, well, we should probably dial this thing back, and. Uh, and and so we did, but I was like, I wonder if we're gonna get mold growing in the house. But yeah, I mean, uh, it's crazy, man. Jesus, wow. You know, I got sick a couple of years ago from actually this, but you know, I work a lot in Europe, so I'm back and forth. And in Europe, 
it's mm -hmm. like a really massive problem over there because if you have all those old ass buildings and um you know and i've you know it takes you typically two weeks to actually kind of recover when i go to like london uh or now i'm actually mm -hmm. working in croatia um, and yeah, it's just, um, it's just being, I bring, I bring in, you know, my wife makes fun of me all the time because I have like, I have like a little, like my little baggie of like supplements and stuff that I take. And I always bring a little small portable air purifier just because of, I'm in and out of hotels and, you know, <laughs> carpets. So people are wet taking showers. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that is crazy, man. That is crazy. Well, we've learned a lot of stuff. Uh, and, uh, I'm just gonna start drinking bleach. Don't do that. People. That's just a joke. Don't do that. Uh, I guess hydrogen peroxide, baking soda, white vinegar, borax. I think there's some people taking that for code. Don't do that. folks. Um, but yeah, this is really, now you got me all paranoid about mold. I'm going to have mold nightmares now, doc, but this is good data. This is good information and people should pick up your book. Give us the title of the book one more time. Your dot coms we got so people can find you on the interwebs. So uh, Cracking the Code of Autism uh, is my new book being published. I have another book. It was called What If You Knew? Um, basically just over uh, just basic, small, common things that people don't really know about. Uh, private practice is uh, youperformance.com, uh, neurosolutionlc.com, uh, uh, neurosolutionatx.com. And uh, I have another company it's called neuro-solution.com. That's my laser company. And then mm. I have my uh, video game company called neurosage.com. Uh, there you go. And my mom suffers from asthma. I wonder if that has something mold. with mold and development. Seriously? She's got mold. Holy crap. And she has a CPAP machine too. So there you go. Uh, all right. Well, we're going to look into that. Maybe we'll get her one of these uh, uh, mildew, mold and mildew things for uh, Christmas. <laughs> there you go. So this has been really insightful. This has been really insightful, Kyle. And thanks for the nightmares. Uh, but no, I mean, this is stuff that's really important. And then uh, it's great for autism kids. And yeah, if you can heal this stuff up, that would be awesome as well. Well, thank you very much, doctor. Uh, we appreciate you being on the show. Thank you, Chris. There you go. And thanks so much for tuning in. Go to goodreads.com, Fortress Chris Foss, LinkedIn.com, Fortress Chris Foss, and all those crazy places on the internet. Thanks for tuning in. Be good to each other. Stay safe. And we'll see you guys next time.